0: You're listening to Movers and Shakers, the SailMove podcast on customer experience. SailMove, delivering the in-person customer experience online. To learn more, visit salemove.com.
1: So welcome to another episode of Movers and Shakers, SailMove's podcast on customer experience. Today, we're staying in-house and talking to our co-founder and chief operating officer, Justin DiPietro. Justin spends a lot of his time thinking about our products and how new technologies fit in. And today, we're going to be talking about a hot topic, artificial intelligence. Hey, Justin.
0: Hey, Jeff. How's it going?
1: Uh, it's going pretty well. So we we spent a lot of time here in the office talking about bots and, and AI. Uh, and I think we have a pretty consistent view of the subject uh, across the company. So can you briefly share your view of bots in general?
0: Sure. Happy to.
1: Um, so when I
0: look at bots, I think of really two separate Types. I think about what I call logical AI, which is basically it's almost like filling out a form. You enter your name, you enter male, female. It's kind of bringing you down this logical path, right? And the the second thing I look at is uh, natural language processing. So very much like the the Alexa, or when you when you're just using your speech to try to say something, it's trying to recognize what you're saying, process it and then spit back information from it, right? So th- we really look at those two different
1: types of, of bot or, like, how I look at it as a conversational uh, AI. Cool. So between those two types of, of, of bots or, or AI, um, you know, what's what's your personal preference and, and sort of where do you see the strengths and, and, and deficiencies of both?
0: Sure. For for logical ones, I think it's, It's essentially just another kind of web page almost. It's nothing special, nothing that couldn't have been done 20 years ago. It's just, it's just if A then B, if B then C, right? Just kind of bringing you down that logical path. And I don't think there's a whole lot of power that those, that, that can bring to businesses. Um, from a natural language processing standpoint, I think it's the opposite. I think it actually can be very, very powerful if it can recognize and, and bring you down that path maybe 30, 40 layers in. Instead of going through those layers, it's bringing you right to that area that you're actually talking about. The problem is the technology is so new that it's really not there yet where you can speak with a, a um, conversational AI, quote unquote, agent and have it actually feel like an engaging conversation.
1: Cool. So, so you know, you, you keep bringing up the term conversational AI uh, and it's actually, you know, something that we focus on um, a lot of the time here. So I think for a lot of our audience, you know, when they think about AI or bots, mm-hmm. um, you know, they may or may not be thinking about them in this sort of mind frame of, of conversational AI. So can you just first, I guess, briefly describe what conversational AI uh, is.
0: Sure. So AI can be used um, to describe a number of different things. It could be used to describe like lead rating, like rating how good leads are, right? It could be used to help with like very detailed technical processes to see if if, like a, a server is getting over capacity, right? Conversational AI is in particular Designed for like bots, right? Essentially, like having a conversation with a human, it, it could not be a human as well, but for this, for these purposes, let's say human conversational UIs, UI having a conversation with a computer, right? And that computer understanding what you're saying and responding based on what you're saying, and then furthermore, if we take it one step further, taking your conversation and 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 bringing the context of the entire conversation together. So I'll give an example. When Alexa first came out, you can say, Alexa, what's the weather in New York City? Right, and Alexa would say, it's 80 degrees and sunny. But if you said, how about Austin, Texas, right after, Alexa wouldn't know that we're talking about the weather. So Alexa would be like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand, right? Now, of course, they're improving and Alexa now can do that, but if, Alexa still can't do that with a sports team. You can't say, hey, Alexa, what's the score for the Yankees? And then say, how about the Mets? That won't work, right? Um, So it's it's that kind of conversational aspect of communicating with a computer and having it feel like you're communicating with a human or even if it doesn't have to be completely like a human, at least providing you the correct correct answers that you are looking for
1: Right, so a lot of it is, is is having a conversation using this artificial intelligence, and and ultimately getting to a point where it's very difficult to differentiate between bot and human. But you know, another topic, sort of that that comes up quite a bit, and something that I think you're you're pretty passionate and realistic about is you know what's the reality of that timeline of of moving to a point when you know AI or bots specifically can you know quote unquote pass the Turing test and and, and not be uh, sort of uh, easily detected, right?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think it, it, you have to look at it in two different ways. One is I think that businesses shouldn't necessarily try to fake a human, pretend it's a human when it's really a bot, right? No one calls up a, a traditional IBR, interactive voice response, and thinks that they're talking to a human when they're like press one for sales, press two for service, right? So the first thing is not, not faking it, right? The second thing is, in the part of your question, is the timeline, and I think the timeline has to do with the training aspect as much as it has to do with the technology. And what I mean by that, I mean having a traditional AI, a traditional conversational AI system um, that people look at and think about is you. Uh, end customer goes on and they talk directly to the, to this AI system, right? And if the AI system doesn't know something, it, it has like a fallback response. And normally there's like five different fallback responses. I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. I'm sorry, can you rephrase that? Or eventually, maybe even really sophisticated ones. I'm sorry, uh, let me transfer you to your human, right? All these are very negative customer experience points. Very negative, right? And then when the co- when the company goes back to train it, right? They're just trying to go through this data and try to... Have people analyze, all right, what did they ask? Why didn't get this? Let's try to update the model, right? Taking it takes a long time, right? Now, the thing is, if the company is looking at it a different way and actually instead of po- what I refer to as pointing the conversational AI system on the actual end customer, instead point it on their live agents, right? Then their live agents could essentially train this AI system a thousand times faster than they'd ever be able to train any system um, using just traditional just point it point it to the customer first
1: yeah so that that's a good point and actually leads into to sort of the next question that I wanted to ask you so you know we we, we hear again you know when we we're talking about bots or, or AI um, you know I, I find it to be really interesting in that I believe we have a very sort of unique perspective um, on the best sort of best way forward um, and and as part of that, and I'll ask you a little bit more specific question uh, about the way forward. But as part of that, uh, we look into this idea of AI-assisted uh, human-to-human chat, um, which you know a lot of, of companies you know maybe have not thought about or are not employing, and I don't really see that all that much out in, in, in the wild. So, just explain a little bit about what this AI-assisted chat is, and you, you sort of alluded to it, but can you go a little bit deeper there? Yeah, I'm happy to. The,
0: the big thing is when, uh, when a company, let's take like a large insurance company, when they want to release uh, a conversational AI system, th- they may think of this as like a multi-million dollar project, like having to build out a complete system that's, new, that's figuring out their current claim status and, and kind of responding and having all the built out responses for, for the uh, end customer at the start, right? Or even even something simpler. The thing is, you you can get so much more basic than that. If instead of you pointing the AI system at your end customer, you're pointing it at your current agents that are currently. And you mean helpful. you
1: mean pointing the responses, correct?
0: Exactly, exactly. So uh, so someone someone chats in. Let's use chat as an as a communication mean. Someone chats in. Um, how much insurance should I buy? Right, and right there, the agent could think of a response. Oh well, let's see, are you a homeowner and things like that? And then give them a response, right? And the agent's response, the agent's going to have to go through training and the agent, it's going to take them, they're going to have to type out the individual response, right? So the initial version is uh, of conversational AI for us is really just having the AI engine pointed at the agent. So when someone says, someone chats in, how much insurance should I buy? The conversational AI engine is then recommending suggestions to the agent to say, hey, you should ask this, and then you should ask that, and remembering the context of while they're asking these suggestions. So what that does is is, uh, a a few things. One, it drastically speeds up the agent, drastically lowers the uh, average call time, average handle time of the interaction, right? The second thing is it drastically increases the accuracy of the information being communicated to the customer. And the third thing is it actually – the thing that a lot of people don't think about is within like engagement centers or or contact centers, the the turnover rate on the agents is actually extremely high. And when the agents have to repeat themselves over and over again, it it actually makes them want to, to leave, right? So by allowing the conversational AI engine to essentially just provide all these simple answers really easily for the agents just to hit send, Check them and make sure you're okay. Then hit send. Then the agent can focus their their thought and their actual time on the more complicated questions
1: and answers. Awesome. So that's that's a great answer. So in, in a recent paper um, that that you had actually written um, and we've we've are about to release, um, you outline like what we believe to be the best rollout for this conversational AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for those who haven't read it. Can you tell us a little bit about what you refer to as the AI Kaizen plan for conversational AI rollout?
0: Sure, so we named it the AI Kaizen plan because Kaizen is a continuous improvement. Um, it's a Japanese word. And basically, what the theory is, is to start with a AI rollout, you don't need much. You need, say, 10 keywords, right? If the customer says one of these 10 things, then position a suggestion for the agent to respond, right? And then you kind of grow that, grow that 10 just keywords, maybe make it 20 keywords, 30 keywords, and then start switching to phrases. So if someone says, I have a dog, the the answer may be different than I don't have a dog, right? So you can't just use dog as a keyword. Then you want to start looping together statements like I rent, right? And then it's a, and then the conversational AI engine will remember that you rent. And then it kind of loops in how many rooms you have in your rental and positions to response and helps the agent, guides them through that interaction, right? So you're kind of increasing the, the knowledge base and the, the understanding of the of the conversational AI agent, but you're never, ever, ever sacrificing customer experience because the agent is still controlling the flow, right? They're still controlling every single aspect of it. And you just increase those f- uh, phrases over and over again, and you're constantly moderner- monitoring it seeing how often the agents are using it, how often they're not using it, constantly improving, improving, improving it. Eventually, you're going to bring in third-party data sources. So if in a banking situation, if the customer says, what's my balance, right? The conversational AI engine could hit the banking database, take the balance, bring it into the conversation, and help the agent go even faster, right? So not only is this lowering the interaction time, it's increasing customer experience, and it's making the agent... 10x more efficient, right? And then eventually, longer term, you can start to look at having the conversational AI engine respond automatically, right? And so if it thinks uh, a response is over, say, 90%, if its confidence-, confidence interval is over 90%, it automatically sends. And then the agent is only getting involved every time the confidence interval drops below, say, 90%. And eventually you kind of modify that to be a little bit more frontward facing, but you're always have someone in the back that's anytime that the conversational AI goes goes um, below a certain percentage, it goes to that human. And it could be based on like your uh, your call center availability, uh, your staffing rates and things like that uh, compared to your customer experience scores. But there's never this point where the, the conversational engine says, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that or hold on, let me transfer you to a human, right? That's all in the background. It's all happening without the customer ever knowing. And that is what maximizes the customer experience and minimizes your costs at the same time.
1: Right, so so the interesting thing, I mean, sort of just to just sort of rehash what you said and, and talk a little bit about some of the, the content that's in the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really this idea of, of, of first, you know, gathering the data, understanding the importance of keywords and, and, and all of that. Uh, building this AI-assisted human-to-human chat, uh, then slowly evolving that to almost sort of turn itself on its head and be more of a human-assisted AI-to-human chat, and then I think the end vision being to be full AI. But you know, I think the the really interesting part about the the rollout plan that we we've, we've sort of put together is that. You know, not only the plan, but a lot of sort of uh, our view on, on AI and bots is influenced um, by what we believe to be a realistic sort of evolution of the technology, which is probably a little different than what a lot of companies are doing, right? They have an unrealistic view of when AI or when bots are going to be quote unquote good, right? We've, we've talked to some other people at some other companies where um, they've told us stories where companies have come to them and say, and said, we just want a bot. We don't know what we want the bot to do. We don't know how we're going to measure it. We want a bot. Um, so so talk to me a little bit about, you know, the realistic sort of timeline where we sure. believe that the, the technology will evolve. And when, in your mind, do you think we can be at a place where full AI is realistic?
0: Sure. So I think I think the problem with most companies is they go right to the end state, right? They skip the beginning. They skip the middle. And they skip the optimization states and they're trying to immediately go to the end state. And while that may you may be able to get something out, it's not gonna have the best customer experience. It's it's gonna be pretty bad. The customer experience is gonna be greatly affected, and it's it's just not good, right? By easing your way in, by starting slowly and constantly improving, improving, and that continuous improvement that ties in, right? Then you can eventually get to that end state. In terms of timing, and by the way, even in the end state, humans are still involved because there's always going to be things that the AI engine hasn't seen, hasn't accounted for. There's always what we refer, we refer to as the long tail, right? The long tail of questions and responses of customers, the emotional responses. If a customer chats in or calls in saying, um, where's my account balance versus what the hell is my account balance, right? Right those are two different responses. Those are two different emotions that that customer has and how you respond to that emotional period may make or break that customer in the future then and in the future. Right. In terms of timing, look, I don't think anyone knows how long it will take for these training engines to, to really get there. Right. All I know is right now, if you look at some, some reports, um, Like Facebook, for example, there's news that says 70% of their their bots are failing, right? And a lot of these conversational engines are not doing what they're all hyped up for right now, right? So I think it's at least a few years at the very minimum, if not five to 10 years before you really start communicating, before you go to a conversational AI engine or bot and, and are happy with the experience, right? I mean... Just to take a look at it, how many websites are you happy with when you go visit the website right now, right? I mean, websites have been around for 20 years, yet half the time when you go on a a company's website, it's still pretty bad. And we've been trying to optimize that and improve that and personalize that for 20 years. So to to think that a company can just launch a bot within any reasonable um, time frame, an, an end user communicating bot, and have it be amazing in in a reasonable timeframe, it is just uh, not realistic. But the companies can do realistic things with this conversational AI engine, can speed up their call center uh, agents, can uh, inc- increase the accuracy in all their responses, increase the speed of their responses, increase their customer uh, experience, and increase the agent satisfaction, right? They can do all that right now. So it's a matter of taking that baby
1: step in and eventually, building it out. That's great. So, sort of on the last the last point, I want to touch on. I, I noticed throughout the conversation, as much as we're talking about bots and AI, uh, we're still also talking about humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that goes to the larger view that we have here at Salemove, where you know we envision the human to be a, a part of sort of the customer experience and, and the conversation, probably indefinitely, right? Because mm-hmm. to your point, you know, whether it's um, trying to understand emotion or trying to have an answer for a question that's never been asked um, you know there's still a place for a human and I and I think you know one of the things that we stress pretty pretty commonly to, to people that ask our opinions on things like this is that you know our our top level view of of bots and and, and AI is that they're really a supplement to sort of the human to human connection Um that that's out there and that's probably that that connection is something that can't really easily be replicated if replicated at all
0: yeah it's really the emotion right the relationship the emotion I mean Apple is one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable company in the world and they have amazing customer um, self-service support docs on their website and they have probably all the AI technology that any company would ever want right yet when you think of Apple service what do you think about you think about their genius bars You think about the people when you go in there that they're extremely helpful, right? So just taking that as like an example, humans are always going to cause a competitive advantage. If you want to have a complete, complete self-service AI driven business, then that may be a model, right? It may be a model, but you're going to lose customers. You're going to lose to companies that have a better customer experience. And when they have humans involved and that emotion involved and that that person person connection involved, they will ultimately have that better experience. And companies that have the best experiences, I mean, are constantly, they are beating out the companies that don't. And it's very clear across across industries, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, they say the best way to uh, elicit a smile from someone is to give them a smile, right? And that's something that we'll never be able to do with bots or artificial intelligence. Um, So, yeah, I want to I want to thank you for this enlightening discussion on on bots, AI, and all that good stuff. And uh, for everyone that's listening, keep making moves.
0: Thank you, Jeff. You've been listening to Movers and Shakers, the Move podcast on customer experience. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. To learn how SailMove enables companies to provide an in-person customer experience online, please visit SailMove.com.